The invitation hymn for this morning, number 701, 701, tomorrow may be too late. It's time for the Christ. Good morning. If you're looking around noticing some of our folks are gone, it's because most, a lot of our ladies are at a uh, laser retreat in Gatlinburg. So I've been learning an awful lot about our topic this morning, this weekend, self-control. <laughs> It's amazing how your children that you love so much can push so many of your buttons. Um, so, I don't know if you knew some of these statistics or not, but uh, in uh, between March and June of 2021, Now I'm on? All right. I forgot to turn the microphone on. Sorry. So Americans have $887 billion worth of credit card debt. Just credit card debt. It's not car loans or student loans or anything like that. Just credit card debt. $887 billion of that. And we spent 13% of that total number in three months in 2021. Kind of phenomenal, right? Our society is out of control. And we don't, we don't want to be in control. And so self-control is something that has fallen so far out of vogue in 21st century American Christianity. It's almost a bad word, right? Um, let me give you some more stats. Um, in 2020, there were around 930,000 abortions. 930,000, thankfully, uh, a lot of that is, is gone now uh, for this year and for hopefully for the future. But in 2020, 930,000 abortions were had. 
because people didn't want to deal with the consequences of their lack of self-control, right? Uh, STDs are on the rise and have been for a very long time. Uh, every, excuse me, 28,258 users, users are watching pornography every second. 28,258 more. 28,258 more. Every second, we are 100% out of control. Just in 2021, uh, Americans spent $86 billion on alcohol. $86 billion. Like the numbers are astronomical, right? We are not that big of a country. <laughs> we are not, there's, it's not like you can spread this across so many people. There's no reason for these statistics to be as high as they are outside of the fact that we just don't like controlling ourselves. Alcohol has actually been on the rise every year since 2011. It's been going uh, 4% every year. It's been rising 4% every year. In fact, in 2008, we spent $30.5 billion, but in 2021, we spent $86 billion on alcohol sales alone. Everything is going up across the board. Uh, even obesity in America in the 1940s, excuse me, in the 1960s, fewer than 14% of Americans would have been considered obese. Now over 40% of us are considered obese. Everything across the board is going up. All the control issues, all the things that we need to be controlling, we've let those things go, haven't we? We've let, we've let it run wild and free, right? To our detriment. The Bible talks an awful lot about self-control. That's what we want to talk about for a few moments this morning together. In Nehemiah chapter 1, you find a guy who is in a powerful position. He's cupbearer to the king. Nehemiah is an Israelite. He is in uh, slavery. He is in exile. Um, but he has risen into prominence, if so to speak, I suppose. He's close in proximity to the king um, as his cupbearer. So if someone poisons the king's drink, Nehemiah is the one who gets poisoned instead of uh, the king. So it's not really a position of power, but it's a perceived position of authority, I suppose. At any rate, when someone comes to the king to let them know about the state of Jerusalem, Nehemiah apparently overhears it or is told um, by the ones that are coming from Jerusalem. The state of Jerusalem, its walls are in disrepair. Uh, listen to what he says. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had, who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Nehemiah is broken because the walls are broken down. Now, why is that such a big deal to him? Well, it's left Jerusalem defenseless, hasn't it? In ancient cities, one of the big ways that they would defend themselves was by having walls. You're familiar, of course, with Jericho, and it had two walls, and that's not uncommon in antiquity. 
uh, for an ancient city to have multiple walls with which to defend itself. Because the more walls you have, the safer you are. Jerusalem has no walls. And so it is left open to whoever would take advantage of her. Anybody can come in now and do whatever they want because Jerusalem doesn't have walls. They could take advantage of her in any way, shape, or fashion. She has no defenses. She is helpless. Often we talk of sheep without a shepherd. They're in the same position, aren't they? They are helpless without something to defend them. Here, Jerusalem's walls have been broken down, and so you don't even have to be a powerful person to walk into Jerusalem and take something. You don't have to be an important person. Used to be, you would have to be a dignitary or something, some important role if you were to come into Jerusalem and take money from them. But now that's not even the case anymore. Whatever is left there is yours to pick up if you want it because there's no defense. Now, how's that, how's that play into self-control? Well, listen to the book of Proverbs in 25, verse 28, the verse Chad read for us this morning. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. It's exactly the situation Nehemiah has found himself in in Jerusalem. There, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Self-control is your defense against all the things in the world that want to hurt you. It's one of them, at least, and it's one of the ones that you can affect. Jesus, of course, is our greatest barrier in between those things in the world that want to hurt us and us. But self-control is something that you can decide on. It's something that you can hold tight to. It's one of the things that you can use to defend yourself against all the things in the world that want to hurt you. And if you don't have that, you're going to fall prey to all the things that we talked about in the beginning. Money, right? You ever seen anybody fall because of money? Every day, right? What about sex? You ever seen anyone fall because of that? Every day, right? What about uh, gluttony? A lot of us struggle with that, right? We're falling because we don't have self-control. And we're falling to all these defenses or all these things that want to attack us because we don't have a defense because we've let it free. Um, so obviously the guy on the screen behind me is a representation of Jesus. Uh, what I'm interested in though is the thin path that he's walking on. If you were walking on that path, have you ever been to uh, Angel's Landing out west? Maybe, maybe some of you guys have been out there. I've seen it on pictures, and I don't know that I want to go. It looks an awful lot like that. Uh, and I'm kind of terrified to go, but I kind of want to, I want to see the view from up there. But I, I've watched videos of people walking through the Angel's Landing path like this, and there are very narrow paths like that that have a drop-off on either side. You ever, have you ever seen those videos? Maybe somebody's just walking through, and, and they're just kind of looking around. And they're looking at birds or they're kind of kicking rocks or something. Have you ever, that's not how those people act, is it? Those people are very focused. Well, why? Because if you're not very focused on a path this thin, you're going to fall off, right? This is the image we need to see as we think about self-control today. Because so many things, money is standing on the side of this cliff 
and it's demanding your attention, right? Your job, your bank account, your 401k, your vacation, all those things take money, right? And so money's over there and it's demanding your attention. And what happens if you look at it for just a second? You fall, don't you? You don't have a defense. You don't have any self-control. And so you fall so easily. What if Proverbs will talk about this quite a bit? Uh, I think we'll get into some of that next week as we think about adultery. But Proverbs will talk an awful lot about uh, a, 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 a woman who stands over uh, and calls to people, calls to young men, trying to entice them into her house and into her bed. What if you were to see something like that along this path and it distracted you even for a moment? What would happen? You would fall, wouldn't you? Self-control is the thing that keeps us focused. It's the thing that keeps us safe. I know you know these things. I understand that. But self-control is hard to practice, isn't it? It's hard to do. So today I'm trying to encourage us to do that. And like I said, I'm right there in the boat with you. This weekend has showed me more than anything else maybe that I need more self-control. Um, but if we take our eyes off, if we lose focus even for a minute, Satan has an opportunity to take us down. And he will use that opportunity. This is how important it is. Sometimes I think we don't understand how rigid we have to be, how hard we have to try to live this life that we've, that we've chosen to live. It's difficult, isn't it? It takes an awful lot of focus. It takes an awful lot of forgiveness for ourselves when we do fail. It takes an awful lot of confession for when we do fall for God to forgive us, doesn't it? These things are things that we should focus on. Because it's much harder to walk this life the way that God has called us to live it than often we give it credit for, isn't it? It takes an awful lot of focus. And we're in a culture that doesn't like to focus. We're in a culture who wants whatever it wants, whenever it wants, however it wants. And we're growing up inside of that. Even, uh, even though uh, the, the older among us have grown up in that culture and we're surrounded by it and it's awfully easy to lose our focus. But if we do that, if we lose our focus, we fall right over into the trap, don't we? Proverbs talks a lot about that trap. And it talks a lot about self-control. And so it serves as our guardrail, a barrier between us and whatever is trying to pull us away from God, whatever is trying to trip us up. It's money, sex, whatever, food, whatever it is. Self-control serves as a barrier between us and that thing. We've got to get better at controlling ourselves because we live in a society that doesn't like that. And all of our friends that are in the world won't buy into that. And so we've got to put those things up for ourselves. We've got to institute, to form those guardrails for ourselves. 
Because the danger of not having that kind of control is too big. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to be smart about self-control? Or maybe to phrase it in a, in a better way, in a way Proverbs might phrase it, how are we not going to be dumb about self-control? Well, first thing we've got to understand is we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. There's a variety of things we have to be careful at. We're going to look at each one of these things uh, by itself. But I want you to turn to Proverbs 23. That's where each one of these things is going to come from. Proverbs chapter 23. Where we talked a lot about focus. That will help us maintain our self-control. That will help us rebuild our self-control. This is something you build. It's not something that just happens, right? This is something you build through long years of denying yourself that thing, the thing that you want so much, the thing that everyone tells you, it's just fine to have. I do it. It's just fine. But we as Christians understand that God's not pleased with that, is he? And so we deny ourselves that thing. And after denying myself that thing for so long, guess what happens? I stop loving it. We're going to have to be really careful. Self-control demands being really, really, really careful. So, Proverbs chapter 23. We need to be careful what we look at. Look at Proverbs 23, verse 1. He says, When you sit down to eat with a ruler, observe, your, observe carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are given to appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. I love Proverbs, right? Because you have to sit with him for a, for a little while before you really get what he's trying to say. And so sit with Proverbs 23 this, this week and, and just work through this because really a lot of Proverbs 23 talks about self-control and it will help us a lot, I think. But as we look at Proverbs 23 verse 1, listen to what he said. If you sit down with a ruler, with a king, with someone that's in power, you're going to eat with them, Right? Because he's going to try to honor you or something like that. And so you're going to sit down with him and he's going to give you all this amazing food. And so you're supposed to, he uses the word observe carefully, look intensely. Be careful what you, what you eat when you're around this guy. Because if you're given to gluttony, if you're given to overeating, as so many of us are, right? If you're given to that, you need to put a knife to your throat so that you don't do that. He says, this is important. So we need to look, we need to be careful what we look at. Look at Proverbs 23, verse 31. It's interesting the things that the Bible tells us not to look at or to look at. So these couple of verses here, we're going to talk about some things that we should not look at. Proverbs 23, verse 31, he says, Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. He says, don't, don't, don't play with that. You get so close to alcohol, and guess what happens? Well, you've taken your eyes off the path. You've lost your focus, and guess what's happened? You've fallen down into the canyon, the crevice. You've lost self-control because you lost focus. He says, don't, don't look at that thing. Don't look at alcohol like that. It's not good for you. In fact, verse 32, listen to what he says here. In the end, you ever want to know how story ends? I'm really bad about that. When 
uh, when Kelly and I are reading a book together, or when she wants to read a book after me, uh, we do that sometimes. I'll read a book or she'll read a book. I'll say, well, this is really good. You should go back and read that. And she'll say, okay, don't tell me how it ends. Because you know what I do? I go to the end and I see if all my favorite characters have lived or died. <laughs> it's messed up. She hates it. But I do it every time because I want to know. It takes away all the anxiety for me. If this person lives, I'm fine. You want to know how this, how this story ends? You start playing with alcohol. Let me tell you how it ends. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. This is like picking up a rattlesnake off the ground. This is like going and picking a fight with a group of water moccasins. This is silly. Don't do this. It's foolish. You're smarter than that. Don't play with this thing. It's not good for you. Don't look at it. Don't focus on it. Listen to what else he says in Job. I love the wisdom literature, right? It's so powerful. Um, they provide for us so many opportunities to learn things we might not have learned in other settings. And Job is one of those books that just can really set us back on our heels sometimes. But Job 31 is something you know, right? This is something you're aware of, I am sure. But as we think about focus, as we think about self-control, this is something that needs to be said about things that we shouldn't look at. Listen to what Job says in 31 verse 1. He says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? He's saying, I don't look at women like that. He said, I've made a deal with my eyes. I'm not going to let that look linger. I'm not going to focus on that. It's too dangerous. Because what am I focused on? I'm focused on the path. I'm focused on following. And if I focus on that, if I focus on a woman like that or a man like that, guess what happens? I fall. I fall, won't I? You've seen too many marriages break up because of that. I know you're familiar with that. I was reading an article uh, a couple of weeks ago that um, was about Joel o Osteen. Um, and it said some silly rules he lives by. And I thought, I, I, would, I want to read this article. Um, and so one of the silly rules he lives by is that he never has, he never talks to a woman who's not his wife without someone else present. I thought, that's not a stupid rule. That's a safe rule. I would disagree with a lot of his theology. I disagree with him on a lot of different things, but this is not a silly rule. This is a smart rule. This is something he's put in place to keep himself safe. Self-control. It's a boundary. It's what keeps us safe. If we don't have it, it's awfully easy to lose focus and fall. It's hard. We've got to be careful what we look at. Look intently at what you look at. Make sure that you're looking at the right things and not things that are only going to hurt you. We also have to be careful what we want. Back in Proverbs 23, listen to what he says in verse 3. Proverbs 23, verse 3. Uh, he says, do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. This king that you, you've had an audience with now, and, uh, he's invited you into his chamber, and you're eating together. He says, don't want all the nice food this guy's giving you. You ever wanted something you shouldn't want? I think we've all been there, right? Let me read to you Proverbs 23, verse 17. 
Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. You start wanting things that you shouldn't want, and sin becomes even more alluring, doesn't it? It becomes even more enticing because you love what you sacrifice for. We'll talk about that in just a second. These two things are connected, but we have to be extraordinarily careful with what we want. So what do you want? What's your goal in life? Where do you see your, your life being, your family being, yourself being in five years? Have you thought that far out? Two years, ten years. Where do you see your life being in that, at that point? Who are you when that, by the time you get to that point? Are you changed? Are you better? Are you focused on, well, by that time I'll have gone on this cruise, I'll go on that vacation, I'll have done this, I'll be in this point, part, uh, point in my, in my uh, job, I'll have moved up, uh, I'll, have, uh, I'll have done this, I'll have gotten married, I'll have found a boyfriend, found a girlfriend, I'll have done this, I've done this. Those things are fine, right? But that's not the things that we should want more than anything else. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says, Seek God's kingdom first. Before you go after anything else, you seek His kingdom. We have to be careful with what we want. Some of us want things we shouldn't want, right? We all want things we shouldn't want. It's hard. It's hard not to envy sinners. He says the same thing in, Proverbs, or in, excuse me, in Psalm 73. It's one of my favorite psalms. I like this one a lot. Never, uh, it surprised me the first several times I read it. That's what he says in verses 1 through 3. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. He says it was close. I almost fell. I almost got distracted. He was walking that path we saw on the screen a minute ago. And he said, I got distracted a little bit. And I almost fell. It wasn't... It wasn't complete, but it was, oh man, it was close. Well, why was it so close? Verse 3, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He says, I started wanting, I started being envious of sinners, of that lifestyle, the things that they wanted. I started seeing everything being okay for them, and I started wanting to be just like them. And it just about took me out. You got to be careful with what you want. We have to want, Christians have to want spiritual things. We have to want growth, right, in ourselves, in our congregation. We have to want more of God. If you want to move up in the corporate ladder, fine. Don't want that more than you want God. Right? If you want to take a vacation, fine. Want that, but don't want that more than you want God. You have to want God more than you want anything else. This stuff is tricky, though. Self-control is tricky because that stuff tells us that it's the most important. It's not. You know how I know that? Because one day that stuff's going to be gone. It's going to be burned up. Or moths are going to eat it. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 6, right? Or someone's going to steal it, right? Those things don't matter because I can't take them with me. They're not all that important because they're not going to last. There's an old proverb, it's not in the Bible, but I think it's true. 
says, he, who, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. There's some things that we need to give up to keep our salvation. This is self-control. We've got to be careful with what we want. Next thing, Proverbs 23, verse 4. We've got to be careful what we work hard at. Listen to what he says. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. You grow to love. This is what we were talking about earlier. You grow to love the things you work hard at. Think about it. The thing that you spent the most time on this year, we're almost done with the year, right? The thing that you spent the most time on this year, do you love that thing? I bet you do. I do, right? The thing that you sacrifice a lot for, do you love that thing? You do, don't you? I do. Think about it. This is true. The things that you sacrifice for, the things that you put a lot of time into, those are the things you love. Even if you didn't love those things before you started sacrificing for them, or even though you didn't love them before you started spending a lot of time on them, if you do those things, if you sacrifice for them, if you spend a lot of time doing them, you will grow to love them. That's true for spiritual stuff. That's true for physical stuff. This, this, this knife cuts both ways. We need to make sure that we're working hard at the right things. That's what he says in Matthew 10. Verse 28. Jesus is <clears throat> saying here, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. We fight and work hard for and sacrifice for a lot of things that just don't matter. They matter an awful lot to us right now, don't they? And that they'll get us to where we want to be, maybe. But in the end, you know how the story ends? All this is going to be consumed with fire. And that car you wanted, or that date you wanted, or that food you wanted, or that drink you wanted, will not matter because it's all going to be consumed with fire. have to learn to control ourselves. We've got to be careful what we work hard at. What you spend your time doing is what you will love. We've got to love the right things. We've got to spend our time doing the right things in this kingdom, focused on this kind of stuff. Last thing, you need to be careful with who you hang out with. That seems like an elementary principle, right? I think it's right here in the mix midst of what we're talking about. Proverbs 23, verse 6, he says, Do not eat the bread of a man who is stingy. Do not desire his delicacies, for he is like one who is inwardly calculating. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. This guy does not want your good. He doesn't want what's best for you. I don't know why he's trying to give you food. Maybe he's, maybe he's trying to make himself look better, but he does not want what is best for you. He's looking out for himself. And so you need to be careful. We need to be careful with who we hang out with. Do those people have our best interest at heart? We need to surround ourselves with people whose hearts are for us. 
You've known people like that, right? Whose hearts are for you, who want your good no matter the cost to themselves. People that will call you on your sin. Proverbs talks about that too. Open rebuke is better than secret love, right? 1 Corinthians 15, 33, you're familiar with that one too. Bad company corrupts good morals, right? This is a foundational principle. Who you hang out with influences you. This is too important for us to play around with people who do not have your best interest at heart. We talk about this a lot to the teenagers, right? It's true for adults too. Peer pressure is just as much for us as it is for them, isn't it? Because you start hanging out with people who want what the world wants. And what happens to you? You edge closer and closer to their thinking every time you get close to them, don't you? The same thing. We've got to stop hanging out with fools. That's what he says in verse, in verse 9. He says, Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the good sense of your words. Fools are somebody who hear truth, but don't want to listen to it. That's what the Bible says. That's God's definition for a fool. You hear truth, but you don't want to listen to it. we got to stop hanging out with people like that. Because they don't have your best interests at heart. And they're only going to push you off that cliff. We don't need any help walking off the cliff, do we? Self-control is hard enough. This life's hard enough without surrounding ourselves with people who are attempting to lead us off the cliff. We've got to be careful. Self-control is hard. This is the life we've been called to live. This is truth. And it keeps us safe. It puts up guardrails and boundaries for us. And we need those things in our life so that we can stay with Jesus. This morning, if you're not inside of Christ, you are still lost in your sins. And that is a terrible situation to be in. To be looking forward to judgment with only fear is not a situation anyone has to be in. Today you can come to Christ, have your sins washed away and be found to be a new creation inside of Him. Maybe you've already made that decision and you just are struggling. Self-control is hard. This life is hard. We need each other to pray for and with each other that we can be everything that God wants us to be. Why don't you come today if you have any need as we stand and sing. Yeah.
morning. We have a few announcements to go with before we're dismissed. Uh, October 18th, the Young at Heart will meet and go to Bob Evans, meeting at 1030. Uh, the 22nd of October from 7 to 8 is our trunk or treat. That's always a good time. October 23rd, the Father-Son Day at the Leap's Cabin at 1 o'clock. And October 30th, the Pumpkin House. We'll be going to the Pumpkin House at 530. And Life Group 3, this is uh, Jeremy and Dickie Parker's Life Group, will meet Sunday, October 30th at 5.30 at Joe's Pond. Uh, they said dress appropriately for an outside gathering and bring a chair. On our sick list, uh, remember Amber Spitzer with breast cancer, Jennifer Baker, she recovers, and Terry Leap, Gary's brother, is fighting stage four bone and liver cancer. And we have uh, one more announcement to go over with before we're dismissed here. Um, Closing song and closing word of prayer. Let's please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 392, Let the Beauty of Jesus Be Seen. <clears throat> we'll sing the first and last verse, and then Brother Nathan Thompson will lead us in prayer. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen. Father, we are so very thankful to have had this opportunity to be gathered together again this morning. 
We are thankful for Chris's lesson. We hope that it resonated on people's hearts and they'll identify these things in their life and, and try to live closer to the example set forth for us in the Bible. We ask that you keep your love and grace around all those mentioned this morning that are struggling with illness or sickness or whatever their needs may be. We ask that you keep the ladies traveling back from, from Tennessee safe. We ask that you give them safe travels and return uh, back home safely. We ask that you allow everyone to return home and return this evening to learn more about your love for all of us. In your son's name, amen.